I'm Grace, the Amy Santiago of Royal Bloggers. And I'm Jessica, the Dorothy's Borana of Royal Bloggers. And we'd like to welcome you to On Air, the podcast where two cynical Brits discuss the latest royal news and the truth behind the story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the On Air podcast. Um, we hope that you kept yourself busy during our week off. But we are back. We are going to be talking about the situation in Norway, uh, which was an announcement about the future for uh, Princess Martha Louise, who is the daughter of the current king of Norway, Harold, um, and her fiance, Derek Verrett, or Shaman uh, Derek, or Derek, as we found out. <laughs> or Derek. Derek, but we're going to take you through that decision, share some of our thoughts about it, and kind of the background to it. So I think you can go back and listen to episode 26 to get a more in-depth understanding of the relationship between Martha Louise and Jurek Verrett and the various controversies that have surrounded them over the, over the course of their relationship to sort of give a potted history, I suppose. Uh, Martha Louise is a quirky person. Uh, she's a bit of a weirdo. She believes in a lot of sort of pseudoscientific nonsense. She talks to angels, she talks to animals, and that has had seen her be criticized on and off over the years. Um, not just for the beliefs that she has necessarily, but also for the way that she's kind of tried to make money from them. I would say things really ramped up when she began a relationship with Derek Verrett, a self-proclaimed shaman from the United States. Their relationship was characterized by a lot of tension between them, between the press, the people of Norway. He was accused of being a charlatan. He accused them of being racist. Um, and that was kind of all discussed by us yeah, in episode 26, um, which was, <coughs> sorry, um, which came out when Martha Louise and Jurek took the plunge and got <laughs> engaged. Because we sort of talked about it, that was in the summer when they got engaged, we talked about a lot of the background and things there. So it doesn't really make sense to just kind of repeat everything, even though I've done that sort of. But um, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to just go to just do the same episode again. So what we thought we would talk about a little bit is what's happened since then. Well, what's changed in the, the last few months other than the fact that they've got engaged? Um, it's hard to keep up, to be honest. <laughs> There's so many things that have happened. Um, but I think there was a big thing that has been talked about quite a lot is that Jurek released a video where he was selling a medallion, which he said protected him from COVID. And uh, that medallion could apparently, according to them, save you from COVID as long as you've got a spare $200 to spend. And that really did not go down well. Yes, I think... If you go back and listen to episode 26, we spoke a lot about how the various issues with Martha Louise and Jurek's beliefs aside, some of their beliefs sort of fell into the more territory of more dangerous than just a bit strange. And it tended to be those medical ones. Um, and I think COVID is notably, I don't want to say a touchy issue because that makes it sound like it's people's fault, but it's an issue that's really emotional for people because it's so recent and it was such a unexpected thing and um I think it's really easy for people to um become even more kind of het up and anxious about COVID than they would about other kind of medical issues so it was it was not the uh most tactful choice they've ever made 
No, definitely not. And I, yeah, I think you're right that there is just something about COVID that is particularly sensitive to people because maybe it was this communal experience where even if you don't know anyone who died of COVID, you still would have had to spend several years inside and um, your life will have been impacted. Everybody's lives are impacted to various degrees. And it's also this kind of hotbed of uh, conspiracy theories more than a lot of other um, medical issues uh, of people kind of denying that COVID exists or um, claiming that it's sort of some sort of government conspiracy or that you shouldn't take the vaccine because um, it's got microchips in it and they're going to sell the information to Bill Gates. I don't know how any of those conspiracy theories connect, but they, none of them make sense. <laughs> um also if they do have a uh, microchip in them all they're going to see is that I just sit in my house all the time so I'm like she's still there yeah <laughs> still at home <laughs> it'll just be like how can one person stay in one place for so long um <laughs> promoting these ideas although they're not saying don't get the vaccine and don't um don't follow the medical advice and COVID's made up they're not going quite that far they are it, I think people might be even more sensitive because like they've seen other people who have turned COVID into an opportunity to advance their conspiracy theories and so it's just a little bit too close to that for comfort uh, to kind of be suggesting that people should you know focus their energy and their time on a medallion that he's selling for two hundred dollars and I think the financial side of it doesn't help either because there's one thing to be like oh I prayed to a gemstone and now I've never had COVID because you know even if you do pray to that gemstone and it doesn't work you've not lost anything but in this case you, you do have to lose 200 pounds or 200 I don't know we have kroner maybe no <laughs> something like they, do that. Have, they do have kroner but I think it's kroner is like it's like a hundred thousand kroner is like 10 pounds that's not right but it's <laughs> it's something ridiculous like that another you know as well as the sort of community and emotional impact COVID had a financial impact on everyone in a way you know something like cancer which is really sort of well I don't want to say well spread that sounds wrong but it's really prevalent and everyone knows about it like cancer's never had a financial impact on my life but and I've never had cancer and I've never had COVID but COVID has had a financial impact on my life so I think um there, there's that sort of extra element of not just is it something that hits that really emotional beat that other things don't but it's also and give me 200 200 pounds please i might not agree with his ideas but if he's he's free to have them as long as they don't hurt other people but i think when you are pushing out something that is making money from people that just kind of seems like it crosses a line from like i have some weird beliefs and i'm allowed to have these beliefs into and i'm going to try and make money from those weird beliefs it just kind of, and it's so much money as well. Like, I don't even know what this medallion was made out of that it co that it justified a cost of $200. I just can't, I, can't, I don't want to spend $200 on anything. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just absurd amounts of money that we're talking. And I, so I think that kind of, that was definitely a flashpoint that kind of happened. I mean, it's not the first controversial thing that he said. If you look at episode 26, both of them have said pr plenty of controversial things. Direct said that, for example, that um, if a child... Uh, well, I don't know if he said child, but if he said if somebody has cancer and they don't um, get better, it's just because they didn't try hard enough to not be sick. But um, for some reason, it just proved to be this real flashpoint. And kind of the Norwegian press ramped up the pace of the articles that they had that were critical of him. They had to get like politicians, sort of senior ministers had to warn against people buying medallions instead of getting 
actual medical treatment uh, and the royals had to kind of come out and say that they supported the Norwegian healthcare system um, and that they differed their views um, and Direct's views differed. Um, they were all very nice about it, but they, they they kind of, you know, everybody had to comment because it had passed that threshold of just being like, he's a weird guy to, OK, this might be dangerous and we want you to answer for your connection to him or we want you to set the record straight in public. Um, and kind of around this time, a lot of opinion polls were starting to come out and I'm always wary of opinion polls, but they did say they did show that people wanted something to happen to Martha Louise. It seemed like people disagreed on what that was, but something to happen to kind of cut her out. Yeah, I think I mean, like you, I think opinion polls have a place. I think they do have an element of showing a sort of general mood but obviously they only you know they only talk to a very small group of people it tends to be people with a strong opinion either way questions can be really leading yeah so there's lots of you know issues with them but then I think as someone in the public eye you tend to keep an eye on something like that because Mm -hmm. even if it is just calling the people who love you and the people who hate you to do it um they're still going to have strong opinions and they're probably going to be the loudest sort of voices. So I think, you know, I don't necessarily think that the polls were 100% accurate in that everyone in Norway felt the same way, but there was clearly enough people that were loud enough that it became a notable issue from these polls. Yeah, I think opinion polls should always be taken in context. And so if you... I, you know, and the, so the questions that are, are asked should be analysed, the people that are asked should be analysed. But I, I think you know, if it's just one random opinion poll that's they do it every year and it comes out and says people don't like Martha Louise, whatever. That's not great, but it's not necessarily terrible if they happen to ask people who were skewed in that direction. Um, but when the opinion polls come on top of the press and the government itself having to get involved, that's when you kind of think, oh no, this is actually every every branch of Norwegian society seemed to be concerned <laughs> about um <laughs> what was going on, the public, the press, and the government. And kind of, if you don't have at least one of those on your side, you're not in a very good position. So (laughs) taken in context, the opinion polls were not very good. But I think the real final straw, really, I would say, was when Martha's patronages started to drop her. So I don't know of all of them, but I know that the Epilepsy Association and the Muscular Dystrophy Association both dropped her as a patron. And they said in the statements about it pretty explicitly, at least the Muscular Dystrophy Association did anyway, that it was as a result of her being associated with not, you know, pseudoscientific and potentially dangerous anti-medical kind of views. Um, And they are a health organization. They are a medical organization who believe very strongly in following evidence and the science and so they felt it was um, essentially a conflict for them to have Martha as a patron when she was associated with these very dangerous sort of anti-medical views and I mean it's quite rare for patronages to publicly drop a royal or even to publicly drop it and then make a sort of and, statement yeah. about it even with Prince Andrew it just <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did announce associations and um, uh, announce the ends of the associations, but a lot of other places were just sort of quietly removing him from their website and pretending that he never existed. 
which I mean is honestly a vibe yeah um, no one will ever know if we just delete it from our website oh so that's kind of I suppose the last group that could have been on her side um I think when we think of sort of royal work we tend to view it through the kind of the British lens where they do some work for patronages but then they also do a lot of like opening local markets and they do you know community work but I think in you know the European the mainland Europe monarchies and particularly for those ones who aren't in the main line so people like Martha Louise their work tends to be sort of patronage heavy so it was kind of like what's she gonna do yeah exactly I think um you know and Martha Louise she only had like eight or ten patronages anyway so if two of them have dropped her that's actually quite a substantial percentage of her overall work that would have kind of been cut out immediately that she was no longer able to do I think it became clear that regardless of what Martha Louise wanted, regardless of what the royal family might have wanted, she just couldn't do the job anymore. Beforehand, she was dating him, but we all date people who 10 years later, we look back and we're like, I do not understand why I went out with that person. Um, I'm embarrassed. I'm just going to pretend that part of my life doesn't exist. Um, we've <laughs> Most of us don't do it on a public stage, but we've all done it. But when you get engaged to somebody, you're committed. She's saying to the world, regardless of what people think, my I want to marry this person and I'm saying that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them. So it got to a point where it was no longer just kind of noise that you know people could hope that maybe they would split up and Martha Louise would return to the family and everything would be fine you know this was going to be for the long haul everybody against her and nothing was going to be changing so I feel like something had to happen yes and something did yeah <laughs> <laughs> on a surprise moment I was not <laughs> expecting it anyway it was weird because in a weird way I was expecting it like mm. the actual uh event say that happened it was not a shock to me but I wasn't expecting it to happen when it did so I was at work and I was just like what's happened now and also any big announcement I'm like oh my goodness and then I'm like actually that wasn't shocking at all I don't know why I was actually shocked (laughs) because it's not really so yeah I think that leads us nicely into what was actually announced you know we've been talking so far about the background so like over the last few months the general situation that had developed um, so what did they announce? Uh, well, it started off with a video uh, from Martha Louise and a kind of statement that was released, which is way too long. Normally we'd read it out, but it's way, I don't, I'm not reading it out. <laughs> no, it just, it's, it's a good a good page, a good, sol- I mean, a full page of words and a lot of words. Um, but it said basically that Martha Louise, in consultation with the family, had decided that she wanted to separate more clearly her royal role and her business roles. And so she would no longer be working for the family. So all of her patronages that she still got will go to other members of the royal family. Um, Durek will not get a title when they marry um, and they will not be able to reference her title or any members of the royal house. So that's the king, queen. Crown Prince and Crown Princess and Princess Ingrid Alexandra. They'll not be able to mention any of them in their social media, in media productions or in commercial activities. And she will remain a princess and will occasionally go to family events or big national sporting events, but she won't do anything beyond that. Is that a good summary? I don't know. That's a great summary. (laughs) That's a great summary. I'm so bad at these summaries, so bad at them. 
initially I was like oh my goodness what has happened I can't and then I was like but all of her patronages are dropping her and then I like actually looked at the things that were being announced I was like actually this really isn't a big deal at all (laughs) it's like if you kind of look at it step by step like obviously the big the big headline is Martha Louise is relinquishing official duties and that sounds very very dramatic um and then if you actually look at it it says she's relinquishing official duties at present which is a real you know (laughs) a bit of a a bit of a safety catch there yeah yeah just in case she could come back um but if you think about what her official duties were they'd gone anyway if all her patronages or you know a good chunk of her patronages had dropped her what would she have done (laughs) that was any sort of different to what is now being offered um, because she's still going to go to family events. She's still going to do, you know, if Norway make it to the final of the Football World Cup, she might go to a party for it. You know, the same things that she would have done anyway. It is essentially just she won't do any patronage work and she might not, you know, attend something that's slightly more official that she could have been at before. Yeah, exactly. I looked back at um, this year and I think last year as well. So if we take out engagements over the last year and to be fair the year is not ended but I don't see her doing very much normally in the last six six weeks um if we look at just what's been done over the past year and take out the things that um she will no longer be able to do she will be doing two less engagements a year (laughs) that's not expecting that (laughs) I know this year she did the I think that it was the the visit from um uh, Monaco and um, she did an engagement for guide dogs patronages that uh, patronage that she has two things last year it was one thing so what's actually happening is I've seen a lot of you know articles that are like she's giving up royal duties and they've been all very they're mostly English language press to be fair who don't understand who these people are anyway um, and they're making a big splash about it basically what it is is woman does two less hours of work a year than she did before that's it <laughs> oh I love that I really love that so that's that's not <laughs> dramatic at all um, no they should, they should have just done it like that like Martha Louise will work two hours less a year yeah. what I mean to be fair when I heard you know when I saw she was relinquishing royal duties and it said all this stuff I was starting to think maybe she does do more than I realized because I didn't think she did very much I kind of thought she didn't do official duties anymore but then the announcement came out I thought gosh she must I just must just not pay any attention to poor Martha Louise doing all this hard work clearly not <laughs> seems I was right in the first place yeah, exactly so it's it's it makes it sound significant but it it's not going to really that element of it is not going to impact her life in any way really I mean most of it actually if you break it down is uh, is not significant so there was also kind of well she's not a member of the royal house anyway I saw a lot of people being like she's been removed from the royal house but the so in Norway there's a divide between the royal family who is just kind of everyone and the royal house who is the main line and the people who are expected to work and even the king's or the crown prince's two children the daughter who is the heir Ingrid Alexandra is in the royal house her younger brother Sver Magnus is not they have a very clear system they've had that system for decades as far as I'm aware Um, and Martha Louise is not part of the royal house and hasn't been for a long time so that's not a change you know, things like Jurek won't get a title. He never was going to get a title. He was never going to work for the royal family because as they point out, 
that's not the way things work. Martha Louise's ex-husband, uh, who uh, who's passed away now, but he he didn't work for the royal family and he didn't take a title. And the king's sister's husband didn't take a title or work for the family. So like that's not also a significant thing either. It just and also. Yeah. I'm fairly sure they said that when she, they got engaged. I'm sure they said, you might call me part of the family, but not part of the like working family. And I was like, you've definitely already said this. Maybe I just like assumed it because that's common sense. But they were. <laughs> I'm sure they've said that before. I'm sure. Probably to kind of, you know, smooth things over when they announced the engagement. I'm sure they confirmed that he was not going to be like popping up at, you know, government events. She is also not supposed to use her princess title for business deals anyway already. That's not that's also not a new thing. So um, in 2002, she gave up or lost, depending on how you view things, her HRH, her Royal Highness. Um, she's just Princess Martha Louise uh, so that she could have private business interests. So that was 20 years ago. Uh, 2019, uh, when she first started dating the shaman and things they start you know they they did a tour um called the, Sh- the princess and the shaman and that was not very well received uh and in, she said she wouldn't use her title in her business ventures anymore so theoretically that is also not new yeah i think you know the big thing they were kind of saying is we're differentiating between the royal house and the work of the royal house and martha louise's ventures as an independent woman and they already do that because Martha Louise has two Instagram accounts. Like she has Martha Louise and she has Princess Martha Louise. Like that's literally a distinction she already made. And every time she does something slightly controversial, they kind of make that distinction more and more clear. Like you said, removing the HRH, um, saying she couldn't use the princess title. And even though they kind of, it sounded, it sounded kind of harsh when they were like, she can't use, refer to any members of the royal house or put their pictures on her social medias. You know, she can't link to it at all. Um, but that's probably what was already there. They've just kind of written it. So it's set in stone now because I don't, you know, particularly remember on her, you know, personal Instagram account, a picture of like the king with a crystal being like big fat. You know, I don't think she's done that. And I don't think she would do that. It's more like it's just set in stone and like just so the public and everyone who is worrying knows these are the rules. Yeah, def- I, I completely agree. I think the biggest change out of all the things is not the fact that she's not going to be working. It's not the fact that she's not supposed to use her princess title. It is the fact that she has been explicitly sort of banned from referencing other members of the family on her in line with her business things. Because I do think that she has skirted that line <laughs> quite a bit over the last few years. So she doesn't, you know, post anything with Harold holding a crystal, but she'll post like her holding a crystal and then the next pit thing will be happy birthday to my father who is the king of Norway um <laughs> and so whether or not she's explicitly linking them she is putting her stuff and her business ventures next to a reminder of who her family is and so I think she has skirted that line so to me nothing really has actually changed from this announcement they've just made things more explicit more detailed and I kind of feel like they've just told Martha Martha Louise like this was always what we were supposed to do but we want you to say it all out loud (laughs) and have it in (laughs) writing so that you are committed to it rather than the last time which was just like oh we're not going to use the princess title and they maybe assumed that that meant you also can't reference anything that would make people realize you are a princess like your father being the king um 
maybe they're I think they're just making things more explicit I think this was probably what they wanted to happen three years ago it, it looked harsh I will that was the bit when I first read the press release and I was like oh gosh like that's a bit bit on the nose but when you think about it it wasn't because they're not saying like she can't ever talk to her family ever again it's just I mean if I, if I was at work I don't you know in my work email suddenly send an email like and guess what my mum's doing today like I don't <laughs> because it's separate my work and I'm not a royal but I tend not to tell my colleagues what my mum's doing on her you know day off so it it just it's a very logical thing that most people would do to have a separate work and sort of home life but obviously being on that kind of much greater scale and having you know the most famous family in Norway it it becomes more of an issue and when you think about it in terms of what it's actually going to mean it's it's something very simple and it's just it it almost feels like they've done it partly to sort of clarify it be like Martha Reed you need to admit to this and you're going to sort of commit but also so the public can be like okay this is our our line in the sand and if she does this we can still get annoyed um but she's followed these rules whereas before it was a bit like well she said she wasn't going to be a princess but here's a picture of the king so explain that she's not yeah it was like it was more subjective before of like some people might have thought that mentioning the king at all was a violation of what she was supposed to do but technically it didn't say that anywhere but she wasn't allowed to do it now it does so it just feels like it's making things more explicit and almost as if the statement is for Martha Louise <laughs> more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, like just letting you know, Martha. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely, that, that feels like what the purpose of the statement was, was to just kind of make things a little bit clearer and a bit more sort of explicit. And like, she does still have her separate account, which is Princess Martha Louise, because she is still Princess Martha Louise. Um, and so if she wants to post a happy birthday to her mum or her dad on there, she can do that. She just can't post it in the same place where she is also trying to sell you a $200 COVID medallion. <laughs> no, it's a small thing. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. Um, and also, like, I think just I think that's just a general thing of like, we should all not really be posting pictures of our family members if they're not OK with it. Yeah, definitely. I always felt like you know when my cousin started having children and it's like you you take a look at lots of pictures and I was like well I can't put these on the internet yeah these are children and you know I imagine if you know one of my cousins was you know really into crystals and started to post pictures of me next to her crystals I'd be like look could you please not do that so it, it makes perfect sense to me why you know the king of Norway might be like um I actually don't agree with your crystal thing Martha so can we just not do that one please yeah yeah, they all, yeah, yeah, I think, so it, generally speaking, anybody who is selling this is a really over, a really dramatic thing and like a, a real kind of tear in the family and all of this, this is really not that big a deal. I think the only time it would impact her life would be if she broke one of the rules. Yeah. Then it could cause more, more of a kerfuffle. But assuming she doesn't, because to be fair to her, she skirted lines, but she's never fully crossed one. Yeah. I think, you know, chances are she won't, so... Yeah, exactly. Beyond just like what was actually announced, there was a lot to analyse in kind of how it was announced as well, I think. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as you mentioned, the statement was very, very long. Um, we will post a link to it, I'm sure, but it was very, very long. Um, but it was very clear. Um, 
And so I think it outlined exactly what was going to be off limits from now on. And it also had this bit of like the royal family's appreciation for medicine and the... Um, on for ages at the bottom. The yeah, at the, at the bottom. It was like, we love doctors. Big fan. Biggest fans ever. Uh, have you ever been to a hospital? They're amazing. Um, it was very intense. Um, My favourite part was when it just went, Martha Louise and Jarek have both used hospitals before and they really <laughs> like them. <laughs> yeah. like, Good for them. um yeah it was it was very intense uh but very clear um and it also it managed to allow Martha Louise to keep some dignity and to have kind of control of the narrative to a degree like she was able to release her video of her speaking directly to people and outlining what happened the statement was framed like um Martha Louise has decided along with the family rather than the family have decided this will happen to her so it allowed her to have some dignity and control, but it also um, made the royals seem empathetic. So they said in their statement about like how they opposed the racism that uh, Jurek has experienced. They talked about um, wishing them well as a couple and, um, you know, they might disagree with them, but they want them to be happy. And so it was a, it was a, the way that it was done, the initial statement in the initial video, everybody managed to come out of it looking pretty good. Yeah, it felt, I would say it felt very Harold because it was this, you know, if you boil it down to it, it was, you know, like these are the new rules. But like you said, everyone, you know, it came out as if Martha Louise had, you know, made this generous offer to the family and they'd all accepted. And I just, I liked that every time Harold or whoever wrote it did their little one, like we abhor, you know, racism or we abhor this. Um, every then and you'd be like and across Norway I'm against people being racist and we should not do this anymore and I just I just thought like every like three or four points you'd be like I'm just tying this back to the people this is all for you it's all for the people he doesn't seem like a vindictive person and I think that was yeah. the sense that I really got from this statement of like we understand that this is a change we understand that this is not a change that was be- is being made you know without controversy uh, both before and after the decision um you know we're doing this essentially because we have to do it because everyone hates Martha Louise at the moment um <laughs> so yeah I think you know but they also didn't want to come across as like we're here to punish her she is still our daughter and I think that that is very much what I've seen from the royal family throughout this whole thing as being like we want to be clear about where we stand and that we are for medicine, we are for the people of Norway, um, but we also don't see any point in just being nasty to each other for no reason, you know? (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, language about we want to prevent misunderstandings and, you know, allow Martha Louise her freedom to do what she wants to do and not be, like, constrained by public opinion, which was a really good sort of, I think, really clever way of doing it because it didn't put the blame on anyone. It just kind of said that, as Martha Louise kind of doesn't do very much work for the worst, we're going to just, we're going to cut her loose so she can fly and do her own stuff. And we don't want anyone to get upset. We're just going to make it really clear for everyone. And we're just helping you all, the whole country, to sort this out. And I was like, you know what? I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that that first sort of set of things was really, really positive. I, I expected nothing less, you know, when if it you know we knew something was going to happen sooner or later and I think that it was handled beautifully when it did happen then there was like a second wave (laughs) my favorite wave I'm going to call it yeah the favorite wave um a few hours after the original announcement with this video and this statement 
I mean, firstly, Martha Louise did a video and thankfully, I love when royals marry people from the US or the UK because they have to do everything in English. <laughs> yeah, so, like, oh, I understand what's going on there. Yeah, thank you. I mean, Jarek, I don't really agree with you on anything and I don't think you're a very nice person, but thankfully, you being American. there meant that we had to have an English language video. So she did an English language video with Jarek. I mean, she largely reiterated what had already been said. Um, I, it's very rare that a video can make me both want to laugh and throw a laptop at a wall. It made me <laughs> angry and laugh at the same time. And that's quite a rare achievement. To get the full experience, you really need to watch it. Yeah, because we will post it. The, the entire vibe of the video was so weird and like not in a bad way it didn't look like they'd been sort of you know told to get in there and make a video but it felt like they had no idea what they were doing and just kind of had to just they had things to say but they weren't quite sure if this was the best thing to do but they were going for it but were also really regretting doing it at the same time <laughs> yeah my first impression for the first sort of half of the video was this is so awkward <laughs> um so I mean he's dressed in a suit which he doesn't normally wear normally wears like I don't know, shaman garb. I don't know what the official name for shaman outfits are. Um, but normally he wears that. So he was in a suit, which kind of reminded me of like, have you ever seen um, when they give like sixth formers or people in their last year of school uh, work experience? And <laughs> yeah. you get like a 17 year old boy who goes to work at his dad's accountancy firm and wears a suit. And the suit's a little bit, un he looks uncomfortable in the suit. He doesn't look like he should be wearing it. That's kind of the vibe that it gave me because he just he doesn't usually wear them, very, you know, very often. So he looked uncomfortable. I've written, <laughs> I've written here. <laughs> she came across like a children's TV presenter and he seemed like a robot built by Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, I think, possibly the best description. <laughs> she was just really condescending. The tone of voice was very like she was talking to children. And then he just sat there with a blank expression for most of it and then occasionally would be like would just come out with something that I feel like it would have been written by Gwyneth Paltrow because it was very sort of cheesy and wellness and all that kind of stuff so he was just like he was blank faced and then the something and in switch and he was like oh oh it's my turn to speak um it was so awkward they what they said kind of reiterated their earlier statement and the kind of earlier announcements but the delivery kind of made it so much worse. Like, Jarek would be like sat there, like you said, really blank faced, and then suddenly he'd be like, I just want Martha and Louise to be happy. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then at one point, Martha Louise was like, He never wanted to cause problems for the monarchy, but he does have the right to speak his mind, yeah. which is fine, except you've got to imagine she's saying it to a five year old. So I was like, uh, I know he's got the right to speak his mind, actually, Martha. And I'm sure, you know, she didn't intend it to come across like that, but I think. It did come. Whereas the statement is exactly pretty much the same thing, like directs a private citizen. You can do what you like, really. But it just, it just came across so weird. But yeah, I think that's when I started to get angry, actually, was when he when they said that he had never intended to damage Martha Louise or the royal family, because pretty much as soon as it was known that they were together, they did this book tour. Uh, this speaking tour sorry with the princess and the shaman and that that was directly what led to Martha Louise having to explicitly say that she would not use her princess title or princess in any way to make money um and then he continued to act in exactly the same way for three years where at every opportunity even where it wasn't really relevant he would mention the king and how great the king was to him or he would mention 
Martha Louise by the title Princess Martha Louise. So it felt like it felt I'm I hate the overuse of this term because it's and I'm I I I'm already regretting the fact that I haven't even said it and I'm already regretting <laughs> saying it. It's a bit like gaslighting of like them saying we never intended to cause harm but doing things consistently that have caused harm and they know have caused harm for three years it's like I was there <laughs> I remember if you I could give you leeway for six months or a year if you're dating somebody who's from a very different culture who's a princess it's hard to get your head around that but why that doesn't explain why you continue to do it for three years and then he said something like um I've learned about the work and the role of the royal family and I was like have you could you tell me what it was because I'm sure he has learned about it because people have clearly been like look mate you can't do that anymore but he hasn't shown me that at no point from you know them starting date from the engagement announcement to even to that interview did he show me he had any idea what the work of the royal family in Norway was and I don't necessarily think Martha Louise has got you know the best knowledge of it but I think she has far better knowledge than directors I don't think he has any idea what the role of the uh, royal family is in Norway and then they kind of they again talked about how they support medicine um but they believe that we should have alternative medicines and then Martha Louise said something about like for example we have acupuncture in maternity hospitals and that made me angry again because <laughs> I feel like it is so dishonest to act like that is what people were concerned about nobody cares if you say we should have medical care and also acupuncture in um, maternity hospitals. That That's not what you supported. What you were supporting was things like, I'm going to sell people a medallion that I tell them protects them against COVID. You don't understand why people are upset with you, do you? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, the example she used, like, first of all, maternity homes are medical places. That's the whole point of them. And it's also, it kind of makes me feel like they they think the Norwegian public are stupid, either because they think the Norwegian public aren't going to realise the difference between acupuncture and medallions, or because they think that the Norwegian public are so gullible, they're going to be like, oh, medallions are just like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. I should be using these medallions, these 200 pound medallions, because it is just like this kind of acupuncture which is so common and I do it all the time like it felt and it probably isn't helped by the fact she has she was speaking in such a condescending way yeah definitely. <laughs> because I was like hey the biggest risk especially particularly with medicine coming from a non-medical person you know from Martha Louise and not you know a doctor is the fact that someone is going to believe them and it kind of felt like they were using this um statement to almost push their beliefs to be like oh this is our last chance to do a princess interview because after this they can't do it but just while we're here big fan of alternative medicine it was if you just said we're entitled to have different beliefs i understand that people don't like it so i'm not gonna that, that's why this decision has been made that would have been enough we didn't need for you to kind of be like oh but actually i'm doing this but i'm still right you know the first video was just Martha Louise, maybe because I didn't understand it and I had to read a transcript. So the voice, the patronising voice didn't impact things quite <laughs> as much. But that would have been fine. I don't know why they needed to do this. I think most people, particularly non-Norwegians, will just read a transcript because it's easier than, you know, I didn't, until I clicked on it, I didn't know it was going to be in English. And I was like, oh, bonus. But 
and it doesn't come across as badly when you're just reading it because you can you can read it and you're not hearing the tone and you can be like maybe you know maybe it's a mistranslation maybe that's not quite what they said um and I think if you just read the transcript it comes across as a bit tone deaf but it's also kind of like well it's their last kind of hurrah as royals and I get why they did one together blah 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 but then when you do watch it it just it it feels almost like like Martha Louise did that initial statement and that was all fine and then someone was like hang on we I, I don't think this is quite what how we wanted it to come across like Martha Louise and Jarek and they were like we're going to do another one and we're going to do it our way <laughs> Harold and Sonia then did an interview and I actually I do actually have some mixed feelings about it because I feel like so in the interview they they didn't really reiterate the rules um they just kind of were talking about the impact of it so they said it was definitely a loss for them and for Norway to not have Martha Louise working which I mean she did two engagements a year guys <laughs> it wasn't it's not exactly a loss um uh, they kind of said that Hakon led the discussions, but that they were all involved. Um, they still love Martha Louise and they've tried to help Direct to feel welcome and to kind of understand the monarchy. Uh, they think that it's brought them closer together as a family going through this experience. All this kind of very, very Norwegian stuff of like, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, it is not about punishing Martha Louise. That's what they, the vibe that they want to give across, that this was a joint decision as a family. Openness is good. And I think they handled the topic really well. It felt honest, but I just don't know if it was necessary. That's it. It was absolutely unnecessary. And that's, I think, why I loved it so much. <laughs> because it was just, it was completely bizarre. Like, you know, I quite like the fact where they were like, yeah, um, Hakon led it. And I was like, yeah, that's what I would do as well. I'd be like, yeah, it was Hakon's decision. Um, and I, you know, I quite liked how they were like, it's completely unanimous, we're closer than ever, we've agreed to disagree. I was like, not unanimous then, is it, if it's agreed <laughs> yeah, to disagree? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think it, it felt, like you said, it did feel very honest. It felt like they were, you know, they were speaking, you know, from what they, from their view was the King and Queen and as Martha Louise's mum and dad, like their opinion was they tried, it didn't work, they wanted to make it better for everyone um they want you know direct to feel welcome in the family they said he was fun which is the kind of thing you say about a naughty child in class which I thought was hilarious um and then Sonia just absolutely cracked me up by insulting the whole of America for no reason the controversial thing that has come out of it is um when um they stated Americans have no idea what a monarchy is so it's no wonder he doesn't understand. He thought he could do what he wanted without it affecting us at all. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's sad that that's the soundbite because I feel like a lot of people, as we said earlier, you know, a lot of people are not going to watch the video. They're just going to read the transcript because they don't understand Norwegian. And if you do watch it or if you read the what happens around it, they were laughing, they were cracking jokes. It was said in the way that Harold and Sonia deliver everything, which was kind of, they've got, they're very witty people. Um, so it wasn't said in like, a, oh, stupid Americans don't understand anything. Um, it was said in sort of like a jokey, warm kind of way. Um, and I'm sad that it's become this soundbite because of that, because people are kind of ignoring the context. But like, it is true. <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing I was like I mean I wouldn't say it if I was the queen no. of the country but I do think I don't think I don't I'm not saying like every American's an idiot but I think I don't understand presidential system 
and it's not because I'm an idiot it's because I've never lived in one like I find it really hard to get my head around why like that's okay but a monarchy is so different when you can have voted for monarchies like it blows my mind and but I, I think that it is really hard to understand the concept of a monarchy and its place where there is also a prime minister in the same country and you've never had it before so I don't think she's wrong <laughs> No, I think people are taking the statement and making it into something that it's not, which is basically saying Americans are stupid. But in reality, I think what they were saying is, why would he know what the situation is like in Norway? You know, he's an American. He knows the situation there. But the average Norwegian person doesn't. Well, actually, I think the average Norwegian person probably knows more about American politics than American. (laughs) But, you know, they are a dominant global power. They are huge. Most of our media and consumption is about them they dominate on social media so all of their political things get more attention than anything else so people do know more about america than america knows about the rest of the world but it's less about like i mean i could read a book and i could understand how the supreme court is elected i could tell people that because i know because i've researched it but i don't know how it feels to live in those countries i don't know I don't know the cultural identity. And I think that's the difference. Nobody is saying that Americans can't look at a book and understand how a monarchy works. Nobody is saying that they are stupid for not knowing about every single other system of government and and thing. We are saying it is impossible to know what it's like to grow up in a different country unless unless you grew up there, to know the feeling of it. I think it wouldn't have been such a big thing if there wasn't another royal family with a famous American person who quickly left the royal family after it, after, you know, she joined, because if it was just Jarek, I think everyone would be like, yeah, fair enough. He doesn't understand. But everyone was like, isn't Sonia making this really snide comment about Megan? It's like, A, no, <laughs> she's talking about a different person. <laughs> um, And I mean, I've said, I've said it on record and I will say it again, that I think that Megan was done a disservice by the fact she couldn't live in the UK without being engaged because that's how you know immigration rules work and she followed the immigration rules but it was really hard for her to come into mm-hmm. the most British of British families and try and acclimatize um and I think that's a the probably similar issue that directs at he's come in as a very American person you know he's very flamboyant very you know speaks his mind and he's come into the most Norwegian of Norwegian's families and found it really, really hard to acclimatise because it is a case of you do have to change your personality. And there's a lot of, oh, you shouldn't change your personality depending on who you marry, but you kind of do when the person you're marrying is in the royal family. Like if I married a politician, I'd probably have to, you know, delete my Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) There's things that you kind of just have to do. Um, But I think because the British royal family are the, the... most well-known culturally particularly in America um I think that the comment instantly stopped being Sonia doesn't like Jarek because he's American and became Sonia hates all Americans and Megan in particular is the victim which was bizarre but also entirely what expected to happen but I also think if 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 the whole you know Megan and Harry situation hadn't happened I don't think this would have been such a big soundbite because oh, I don't think the entire story would have been such a big soundbite because it would have been a nice unique situation rather than very similar to another one. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think like um, if he'd been German, 
the yeah. same or French, the same would have applied that they have a very different understanding because they have not grown up in a monarchy. Even for me, like I've grown up in a monarchy, but I haven't grown up in Norway. So it would be perfectly reasonable to be like, well, she's British. She doesn't understand Norwegian culture. That would that is a fact. <laughs> I, I don't think necessarily that they were wrong to do this interview. I don't think that they I don't think they actually handled it badly. I think it's just become a soundbite from for people who want to read a certain thing into it. But I do I do feel like maybe this was more just like a cultural difference. A appropriately enough, I feel like this is me viewing this through a British lens and being like, why are they talking? Whereas I feel like maybe in Norway, it probably wasn't a big deal because they are very open and transparent about things like this anyway. So the king and queen sitting down to do an interview where they talk quite openly about it to Norwegian people probably felt good and natural and the right thing to do. To, I'm viewing it through my lens of like, shut up. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you talk about your family. Like, just do the statement and be quiet. <laughs> I think if, I think because it was Harold and Sonia, it just threw me. Because I'm like, well, they've never done anything wrong in their entire life. <laughs> and if it had been, you know, any other monarch, I'd be like, yeah, monarchs are humans, they make mistakes. But I was just like, what is this? But, you know, like you said, I don't think they, it was a bad interview. It just seemed unnecessary. But it was wrapped up nicely by Hakon, who was interviewed. And it was more of an off-the-cuff interview, like I thought Harold and Sonia should have done. And he kind of basically reiterated what everyone had said. So kind of rescued it a little bit. And there hasn't really been much else that's come out since. No, which is good because that's always the bit where you worry. It's like after all the official stuff's done, what you don't want is a bunch of news articles coming out like Martha Louise fuming. But it didn't happen, which is a good thing. Well, I don't know if you did that deliberately, but that leads us very nicely into my last point. The Danish issue. So if you go back <laughs> and listen to episode 40, we explain the Danish issue in great detail. Um, but essentially, the Queen of Denmark, Queen Margrethe, um, made the decision to basically strip half of her family of being prince and princess from the 1st of January. And everyone was raging. And it was uh, because they hadn't been told that this was happening. They hadn't they didn't want it to happen. And so for weeks, there was a firestorm of kind of back and forth and um, controversy around this decision. So you can find out all about that in episode 40. But I have heard a lot of people claiming that this decision for Martha Louise and Jurek was a direct result of the decision that Queen Margrethe made. Completely different. All The only thing I would buy is that Queen Margrethe, or Daisy, um, as I tend to call her, even though I don't know her. Um, that's the nickname that her friends and family and things call her. And I call her that as well, as if we're best buds. But Daisy, she, uh, the only thing I can buy is that Daisy, Daisy's decision basically made the people and the press in Norway think, ah, mm, why is that not happening here? And then they put pressure on the royals, which perhaps sped up the timeline. But... You know, if you listen back to episode 26 and you listen to um, episode 40 and, and and where we talk about what happened with Martha Louise in more detail, this is 20 years in the making. The first decision to change Martha Louise's status in some way was to strip the HRH, which was 20 years ago. And I would guess that as soon as her and Durek got engaged and then not long after he did his medallion thing, they will have started discussions that will have accelerated when her patronage started to drop her. For the family to all be in agreement, 
either they were already all thinking the same thing or they had discussions because your natural reaction to anyone coming up to you and being like "Mm, actually because of you we're actually gonna have to make some changes is denial or anger or you know uh, no so I think they would have had these discussions would have been going on for a while and I don't think Master Louise or Jareka are idiots I think they're probably aware of the public sort of backlash towards them and they must have been discussing what's best for us you know as a couple going forward as members of this political family like what is the best decision for us to make and they would have had to sort of come to a decision either together or someone came to it and convinced everyone else to agree with them unlike Margreta who just kind of did it out of nowhere for no apparent reason um <laughs> the Martha Louise was in a position where she could not do her job anymore because her patronages were dropping her and that was really all she had anyway so they kind of had to do something and they've spent they've known that for the last few months which is probably when they've been discussing it but they they had to do something so it's again not the same situation where like everybody was happy and ticking along and everything was fine and then suddenly Harold's been like you know what I hate Martha Louise um (laughs) which is kind of how it felt in Denmark so I just um I think people trying to link them to create more scandal really, or to generate more headlines or whatever. It's just kind of laziness. Like they're different countries, they're different contexts. um, And this is not a new thing for the Norwegian royal family or something that could have been executed so well overnight. Just because they're all monarchies and they're in a similar place doesn't mean that they actually influence each other that much at all. Especially because the decisions were handled so differently. So they were honest, they were open with the press and with the public, they took the time that was needed, the responses seemed to be coordinated, everything was very proportionate, so no one was felt, it didn't seem like anyone was being punished. All of those things are the direct opposite of what Margrethe did. And I also don't think that Harold's response was, a. you know, I think some people might then say, well, well, Harold handled it this way because he saw what happened in Denmark and he, saw, he, did, he wanted to avoid that. But this is how he's handled every decision. Yeah, it's like, you know what, I would really love it if Margarita's decision came because she thought Charles was being too slow about things. Yeah. And then, like, Harold's decision was because he thought Margarita did it in a really bad way and wanted to prove it. Like, I would love it if there was this real petty competition between yeah. monarchs about how they were going to run their countries and their families. But I just don't think that's what happens. So Harold's really done the best of both worlds. and pleased everyone yeah he has every time somebody says best of both worlds i want to sing miley cyrus yeah if hannah montana in there um harold montana um (laughs) and i actually think this is kind of perfectly exemplifies what we talked about again in episode 40 removing a title doesn't actually do anything and it's being sold as this really progressive thing of like, we're trying to modernize the monarchy by removing people's titles. It doesn't do anything. But what Harold has announced here, he hasn't stripped her of her title, but he has created very clear rules about what she can and can't do with that title and with her connection to the royal family. This is what is, pro- I know that I'm biased because I love Harold, but this is what is progressive and modern to me is actually creating these rules that are open and transparent and that everybody agrees to. Um, rather than just removing a title for a publicity stunt. Yeah, and I did actually really love the way kind of Harold and Sonia were like, well, she is a princess. She is our yeah. daughter. She's the daughter of a king and queen. That makes her a princess. Yeah. But they also were very much like, that doesn't mean she's got to do any work for us. <laughs> like- yeah. But I do think on the whole, if you look at the whole situation, everything seems to have been handled very well. Um, everybody comes out of it looking as good as they can possibly look and somehow they've still managed to actually address the issue and make 
you know, lay down rules. And obviously we'll see whether or not Martha Louise sticks to them, but they've laid down the rules um, in a very clear way. So it, they've been, they show that you can kind of be modern and progressive and put the monarchy's interests first without just being awful to everyone. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, I love, I love a bit of chaos and drama and I can really enjoy what's going on in Norway because everyone's nice and happy. Whereas in Denmark, it got to a stage where everyone was so upset with everyone. I was like, this isn't fun anymore. No, I don't no. like it. That is all we have got for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And obviously we did reference episode 26 and episode 40 a lot. So you could always pop back and listen to those if you're sitting here being very confused. It is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you.